Welcome to Fred Basin's Diaries, read here by Clive Farahar. This is a book collector podcast sponsored by Adrian Harrington Rare Books of Tunbridge Wells. Fred Basin's Diaries, Part 7 1938, today Anscombe published my book, The Cigarette Card Collector's Handbook and Guide, pages X11 plus 62 with frontis photo of really rare cards, price one shillings. They've done 5,000 copies. It's too many and I doubt if more than a thousand will sell. However, it's a pioneer effort. The first real book solely on the value and history of cigarette cards and we shall soon know. I hope I aim to make 20 quid from this book, which took me nearly a month to write. At any rate, it's a nice New Year gift for the public. Yes, to me as well. My tidbit readers will buy this, and probably a few from Answers and Everybody's and The Leader, all mags that know my writing pretty well by now. Met a lovely lady at my publisher's office today, Catherine, a really stately handsome girl. What's she doing in a place like this? Pin money job? Or does she want to become a publisher and learning the tricks of the trade? Well, she can have my books for nothing if she becomes a publisher. Today also bought a charming letter from Patrick Hamilton who wrote Rope and Gaslight. And out of the blue, a photo from and of Zane Grey signed. Quite four years ago, I asked for his autograph. What a time. Still a jolly nice thing. The Ring Blackfriars. Today I met a jockey, Charles Smirk. He's the first jockey I've met. He'd come to see Kid Berg fight, and I asked Smirk for his autograph. I said, would you care to suggest a horse I could bet a shilling on next week? I'd like a tip. He looked at me a moment and then said, yes, I'll give you a tip. Never bet on horses. Later. So I didn't bet on horses, but I did keep a watch on Mr Smirk's mount next week, and he didn't ride a single winner. I saved a shilling at least. Dear kind L.A.G. Strong has sent me an unexpected gift today of a booklet called March Evening and Other Verses, printed Christmas 1932. Only 100 copies were printed at the Favel Press and I'm truly proud to possess it. But I wish I could appreciate it like what he'd like me to. This year poetry does leave me unmoved. It's for a soul above mine. Perhaps I don't pause in the right places. Where is there a book of elementary lessons on how to appreciate poems? I need one. It has taken me pretty nearly 30 hours to hike and itch my way back from Liverpool and I'm dead beat and ill. I went up there to see Dave Crowley win the lightweight title. I got a lift to Bedford and then to Cheshire and then to Liverpool so saved cash. But on the back I only got little lifts. My seat cost five shillings and it's rained all the bleeding time and I waited for Dave, but he had crowds round him. Still, he's a champion. I knew he would be. I'd have betted my right arm on it. Went to the proms for the first time ever. The feature, is that right, was Tempest Prelude by Sibelius. I want his autograph. It was a fierce drop of music which made you wish you had bought your raincoat. I suppose this is what they call coloured-full music. I think I could hear it again with enjoyment. But I still like the ride of the Valkyries best. Wagner, isn't it? That's the piece that moves me. I expect I even got this title wrong. I heard it on an organ once, and once with a full orchestra. Orchestra was best. But this Sibelius is jolly good. 
Why have I missed him all these years? Or maybe I haven't missed him, his music, but only his name. We sat side by side on a seat somewhere outside Brighton. I asked for a match. As I was dying for a smoke, we got chatting on this and that from boxing to painting. He seemed a mine of information on everything. We must have chatted for at least half an hour and then I mentioned I sell books for me living. He casually said he'd written one or two books in his time and maybe I'd heard of him. Politely, I asked his name, thinking he'd written some obscure books on some learned subjects, maybe ants and their ways, when he said his name was Geoffrey Farnell and you could have knocked me down with a feather. And we spent the next hour talking about his books. We parted friends, for I'd read all of them. And he asked for my name and address, and said he'd send me a little souvenir of the most interesting chat he'd had for years. Then he sent me the amateur gentleman, suitably inscribed, the very next day, and the following Christmas got a nice Christmas card. Shows you never know who you meet in Brighton. Rachmaninoff, the pianist, having obliged me with his signature owing to my sheer persistence, revealed to me today his reason for his extreme reluctance to give autographs. He said that a woman in Chicago got him to sign his name on a sheet of paper at a concert, and later, above the signature, typed a testimonial for her musical knowledge and landed herself a good job in the library of some film company, and kept it for several years, until he found out by the sheer coincidence of an executive saying that the woman he'd recommended was not so hot. Now at least I know the reason for his deadpan expression to polite requests. Well, I give my word of honour in this, my journal, I shall never, never use his signature as a reference, except of persistence, for it took seven years to get it. War, scare for days. Hell, what do we want to fight for? What shall we fight for? This scare is ruining my business. People are all in a blasted flutter. Won't buy books. Can't make me keep. Will I fight? Hell, I don't know. Hitler collects cigarette cards, and so do I. I ain't afraid to fight, but I won't fight unless I know why. I'm getting fed up and browned off. Let's have it and done with it, or let's get on selling books. Bombs or books. Blimey, books every time. I don't think Chamberlain much of a leader in any case. I would say W. Churchill much better. Now, no war. Agreement reached. For how long? Is everyone really satisfied? My dad says that it will flare up again within a year and that Hitler will want more now that he's seen the hands of the others. He says that wars are caused only by the leaders and they get a bit of power and then there is no holding them. And that's not only Germans but all nations. Daddy's a conservative. Christ knows what I am. Sometimes I see red, especially over royalty and earls and dukes and people who have hundred room mansions, whilst people in Woolworth live in nasty pooky rooms that often ain't sanitary. Monarchy and democracy don't blend. Sunday matinee at the ring Blackfriars. In the audience was George Formby, and I waited for him after the show and got his autograph. As he was signing, a looker-on, and there were crowds around us, said to George, Give us a song, George, old man. George Forby looked up from the album, and with an icy voice and a deadpan face said to the man, Do you work for nothing? In such a manner that the man froze to vanishing point, and then George turned back to me, and with a smile creeping onto his face again, Nice of you to ask me for my autograph. 
It was just like Jekyll and Hyde in a few seconds, an amazing quick change showing that George can be an hot pot if you stroke him up the wrong way. But who'd want to stroke George Formby unless it be Mrs Formby? 1939. Today I had lunch with L.A.G. Strong, a pal by post for years, a nicer celebrity as I've ever met. At a lovely lunch at Barker's, cost Leonard fifty and sixpence for the both of us. I must try to repay. He's doing a boxing book. Do I know any boxers? Blimey, arrange for Sid Smith and L.A.G. to have a photo taken by me. Leonard is coming down to Walworth Way next week. Flags out. End of my raid as an owner of bookshops. It doesn't pay its way and it's merely a cover for my greyhound tipster business. I've given it up because, first, the method by which I get my greyhound information has now dried up and if I give losers I shall get bashed. The men are not sportsmen. They pay a shilling and expect a winner every time. And dash it all. Dogs go on their own free will to some extent and accidents do happen. Secondly, I can do all the trade I need by post only. I have now some 800 people who will read my catalogues and I stand a reasonable chance of sales from at least 600 of them. And the shop ties me down so much. I intend to compile lists daily for two hours, write for two hours and seek stock for three or four hours and play the rest of daylight. If a sensible man can't make a decent living from six hours work a day and one day off entirely, then he isn't sensible. I'm moving my stock back to home and going to do book running as I did when I was 15. I'm now 32. It feels time for a change. I cannot roam whilst I have a shop and I want to travel and meet people and find good books and yes, a good girl as well. Bookselling is a romantic brand of commerce. And yet so few one-man booksellers marry. I'm still a youngster in this trade and even at 32 they call me Sonny. I don't seem to grow up. I look around 18. I feel 18. I have no responsibilities. Doctor said marriage would steady me. Do I really want to be steady? L. Houseman says an artist should feel free. I wish I could be an agent for some American firm of book buyers with a checkbook and orders to roam the world for books. I should like to see Venice and Naples and not die. Oh, the things I still want to do. This year I sold 30 articles to magazines and a little play to a New Zealand paper. No rejections. I shall be freer without the shop. It's going to become a shop for wireless parts. A chunk of life has gone. The page has turned and back, back to... Would you care to buy a few books? Books, books. All my life is books and I love them. Yes, I'm wedded to books and they're my sweethearts. But L, what is the satisfaction in that wedding? I have 9,000 autographs. I changed a lot for one autograph of a decent, kindly, even-tempered girl on a marriage licence. One consolation is that my autographs don't nag. Heck, I ought not to be blue today. Gracie Fields has promised me a special photograph next week because I sent her a stamped addressed envelope. I fear I do not always send stamped address envelopes, and I should do so, but some stars get a rebate on income tax as expenses allowances, and it comes all out all right in the end. Arrived back from Germany today at 4.30 after leaving England at 10.30 on Sunday morning. Spending a few days there buying up cigarette cards, I tried to get in touch with Hitler, but it was all so hopeless. However, I bought home nearly 25,000 and paid a little over three quid for them. I sell from Hamburg. 
We English were all ordered out because Hitler was making a speech in Hamburg. Nice trip in every way. The timber merchant, Windelbaum, was most kind to me on Mr Dick's introduction and put his car and office boy at my disposal so I could tour around Hamburg seeking cards. I don't know an Englishman who would have been so kind to a German. I've got wonderful kindness and I leave behind a girl, Nelda, who said she loved me. Oh, what a glorious woman. They tell me I'm lucky to get home just in time. Yes, but God, I wish it wasn't war. Paul, Herbert Schwartz, Windelbaum and Nelda, four very, very kind Germans who need not have befriended me at all. When people say all Germans are bad, they're bloody fools. In three days, I found four downright good, kind and generous-hearted Germans. I'd like to find an English Nelda, but I'm sure there isn't one. Berlin has real nightclubs. I looked over all of them. Is it war? Poor Nelda in Hamburg, the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. You get the only girl to cry at parting from me for a good many years. God keep you. And Paul as well, an old man W. If I have to go, and I'll meet you, I shall not shoot. You are all so kind. What price glory? I weigh eight stone three and a quarter pounds. When they put sixty pounds of kit on me, I shall collapse. Ling says there's a job in the ARP as a full-time warden. I've until eleven tonight to decide. Well, it would be something to do for the time being. I think I shall take it. Later, spend the evening sorting out my German cigarette cards. Beautiful cards, finely printed and first-class buys. I'm stalling them away. Oh, well, war. I am now a full-time ARP warden in Southwark. I have a most uncomfortable tin helmet. And bloody hell, I'm injured already. A fellow warden bumped into me in the dark and the rim of his tin helmet has gashed my eye and cut my eyebrow. Where's the blooming ambulance? Read a lovely book tonight. Osbert Sitwell's Escape With Me. I thought it would be eyebrow. And Ed always avoided the Sitwell's outpourings after one glance at Edith. But Escape With Me is a grand. Another lonely Christmas. Through my writings, my connections in the book trade and my collecting autographs, I believe I have at least 10,000 known to me. And yet never once an invite anywhere. Although I would take all my food and would gladly play their piano to amuse them. Oh well. That was Clive Farragher reading part seven of Fred Basin's Diaries, a book collector podcast. It was sponsored by Adrian Harrington Rare Books. If you enjoyed it, why not consider subscribing to The Book Collector? a quarterly journal in print and online for all those who take pleasure from books. Thebookcollector.co.uk has all the details.